You are listening to the official Grape Disciples Podcast, and I'm your host, Vaughn Gregory, lead singer and guitarist for Grape Disciples. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show. And subscribe to our mailing list over at www.grapeforsaken.com. Hi everybody, Vaughn here. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Grape Forsaken Podcast. As always, I hope you're doing really well, and um, I really appreciate you tuning in. It's just me today, and in this latest episode, just uh, sharing a few thoughts and telling you maybe what the next next uh, plan for the band is. So uh, it's been a few months now since we we put out Footsteps of God, and uh, thank you for the feedback that we've had over that album about that album. It's been um been good to get it out and and i'm glad that people are enjoying it and um you know all the feedback i've had is uh mostly positive so that's been really really good to to get that feedback and um you know we're glad that you're enjoying the album so um as i've explained on previous podcasts and video updates we'd sort of been working on that album on and off for you know about three years before it came out it um it was quite a long time in the making that particular one um just due to everybody's work and life commitments and um you know we had a few pauses along the way in the recording process and um you know we had to Luke Luke initially wasn't involved on the album and then he he came on board with the recording process uh, a bit later on so that as I'm sure regular listeners will know that um when he contributed his his parts to the songs that you know were already basically structured with drums um bass guitar and and rhythm guitar he he changed the feel of them somewhat in a good in a very positive way and um so that sort of changed the direction of things a little bit and um we actually you know did some then did some extra recording um out at Fat Dog Studio, which is Dan's home studio, on some other bits and pieces as well. So, um, all up, like where the where the album started ended up, but not super different. I mean, the basic songs were there, but um, it it did it did take on a little bit of a different form um, to how it was originally intended. But I was uh, so happy to have Luke involved. Um, and to get him to contribute to the album, even though it was, you know, came in a little bit later, uh, he did make some creative changes to some of the songs, um, just in terms of their feel and uh, what was needed with them. So, um, but that was that was very welcome as well. Like that, that to me is true creativity when um, somebody somebody gives their own spin on something you know they take an idea and they 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 interpret it and then it comes out and yeah a few of the songs ended up sounding a little bit different um to how I'd originally you know envisioned them um before Luke came back on board but uh like I say I was I was very happy to have his contribution and now I can't imagine them sounding any other way it would be it would be quite interesting to go back and listen to some of the very early demos and to see how different they they felt, um, so that was good, and that you know that that process took time, um, and yeah, it, it it was good. It went well. We ended up um, being very happy with the final result. So it uh, now that that album is out, uh, naturally, um, our attention 
turns to to what comes next with the band. Uh, we've always been a band who, even right back to the early days, uh, we were always um, quite often working on the next project, even before the previous project had been released, because there'd always sort of be this lag between recording and mixing. And um, so what used to happen was, uh, depending on where we were recording, uh, we'd be working sort of informally on the next batch of songs while we were finalising the studio recordings of the previous batch of songs. So, for example, back in the Beside the River Blood days, when we were recording that that album, um, yeah, a lot of the Destined for Ascension songs were well and truly demoed and, and up and running by the time we had... Um, by the time that album came out in 2006... Uh, you know, I can remember that distinctly that, you know, we're working on the, the formal recordings for the Beside the River Blood album, but, uh, you know, we had, you know, quite a lot of demos going on in the background for Destined for Ascension. In fact, if I remember correctly, Destined for Ascension was, was possibly our most demoed album because a number of those Destined for Ascension tracks ended up being their demos. Uh, a number of them actually went this day forth in the end um just just through sheer weight of um balancing people's songs so you know we we sort of thought well you know we'll have this song and this song and this song and we'll hold this one over for a future album once we'd arrived at 10 so my memory of it is that Destined for Ascension came out and this day forth you know going on the same theme you know, we we already had demoed several several of the tracks for this day forth. So, uh, Mother of Harlots definitely would have existed. Holy Blood definitely would have existed. Um, well and truly during the Destined for Ascension period. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Um, this day forth, I think I put together specifically for that album. Yeah, because I I had this <laughs> I had the idea for the song title, and um, so actually. I remember specifically writing a song with that um, song title in mind, but it originally, the song This Day Forth originally had very, very different lyrics, actually. The first attempt at the lyrics uh, were quite different. Um, I do remember that specifically. Um, and, yeah, that one changed quite a bit between um, original demo and, and final uh, album version, which I find for some songs happens... And and other songs don't change much from the demo at all. It it really depends on the song, um, and there's no reason why you might um, one song might undergo a lot of development, whereas another song, you know, pretty much stays the same. Um, you know, it's uh, it just happens with some songs that it just take a little bit longer to to get to the final version, like there just might be something, you listen back to the demos and there might be something in the lyrics that's just not quite clicking. It might be a phrasing thing or it might be thematically, you're sort of a little bit unsure if if the lyrics you got are, are quite hitting the mark for, for, the, for the message that you want to convey with the song. So yeah, some songs have alterations and others... Um, not so much. They just kind of, you know, you might write them, you know, one afternoon or something on, on your guitar. And, you know, um, I tend to write my lyrics in, 
in a bit of a um I have the theme in my head and I tend to just write a lot of lyrics uh that are to do with that theme and I'm not worrying too much about phrasing or anything like that with the initial lyric writing um I just try to get my you know get what's in my mind on paper and then once I'm actually demoing those that vocal take or demoing the vocals that's when I work out you know exact wording and phrasing so quite often you know you might add some words or re-say a line in in completely different words but having the same meaning um can't give any specific examples of that but you might have written a line that was a little bit too long a little bit too wordy and uh you know you might want to say it in a in a shorter phrase and so you might have to completely rewrite it uh but you still have the same the same theme so you're basically saying almost like paraphrasing your own draft version if that makes sense so um that I do that quite a bit um but that that happens before the demoing and quite often with with um vocal demos I'll actually uh demo them one line at a time so you know I'll I'll hit record and demo a line and then you know listen back to it like yeah I'm happy with that phrasing and then do another one so it's not just um it's not normally just random um lyric sheet and sort of doing the vocals and hoping for the best it's it's very specific um with regards to phrasing and wording and you know i think sometimes that comes across but i must admit sometimes when i'm listening back to music like that we've done um you know there'll be certain songs where no matter how many times i listen back to them like the phrasing doesn't quite work for me and i'll be thinking oh i should you know should try to work on that particular line and there's actually um there's there's lines throughout all of our albums probably not all of them but most of our albums where i might have gone in at 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 the end of a of a recording and actually just recorded one line in a particular song you know i might just not like the phrasing of a particular part and so everything else will be like the lyric that you know I might have recorded 6 months to a year earlier depending on the recording timeline and then um yeah there's certain lines in certain songs that you know you you'll hear it and it'll just be the next line in the song but I might have actually sung those two lines like 6 months to a year apart and sometimes the challenge with that is um singing doing the vocals in the same way so that it sounds like part of the one take cuz cuz sometimes you know depending on your microphone settings or where you're recording them or you know just just the state of your voice <laughs> at the time um of recording it might be that you know your voice sounds a little bit different so you have to try to you know if you're ever doing that like a drop in vocal line i guess you could call it um you know try to match the style as much as you can so that it it sounds seamless that you know not not obviously like recorded at a at another time and um yeah there's there's a few there's a few dropped in throughout various albums where that's happened but i, th- I think that's normal 
with bands, you know, have the same situation with, with guitar parts and things like that. You might have a, you know, you might, you might recut a particular bit of a, of a part somewhere down the track or put an extra part in, you know, quite late in the process when, when the rest of the song has been there for a long time. You can kind of drive yourself a bit crazy with it actually, because you, um, you know, you always, until you release the album, you know, the songs always have a tendency to feel a bit unfinished. Um, they feel finished once, you know, they're on Apple Music and Spotify and you've got a CD in your hand. That's that's when they feel finished. But I have to admit that until that moment, uh, you're always, even when you're listening to what, you know, you're calling, calling a final mix, um, you know, a final mix and master, I'll still be hearing things that, you know, nobody would necessarily pick up, but, um, hearing things that, um, you know, to me, I think could still do some tweaking. It might be like a vocal level or, you know, it could even be like kick drum sounds in your mind sounds too loud or something. But then, then what happens is you, you focus in on that thing that you think you've noticed and, um, to the detriment of the rest of the song. So, in a lot of cases, um, I'll defer to, to uh, you know, judgment of other people um, because I'm not really, by the time I've, you know, dealt with an album for that long, um, is I'm not really in a position to be objective about it anymore. I, I can't hear it fresh. So I'll often, you know, rely on other people uh, to say, no, no, that's sounding good. And that's where it's good out in the studio with Dan and um, one of Dan's good mates, Steve, um, you know, is that they they hang out a lot, those two. So Steve's quite often there um, when we're listening to mixes and things like that. So so Steve will, um, he'll give like a bit of input as well uh, and just say, no, no, I think that's sounding good. No, yeah, no uh, maybe that could use a little bit more. And um, it's, it's actually great having that third opinion sometimes you know it can every now and then it can actually be <laughs> the casting vote you know if we're sort of talking about a vocal level or something and um you know I tend to like to mix vocals a bit lower than what Dan does that's just an interesting side bit for you so like when when you hear an album that Dan has mixed it's it's often the vocal level is is a bit lower than what Dan might have originally gone for and um you know, he, he likes the vocals really out front, whereas I, I tend to like the rhythm guitar to be out front. But um, you you have the danger then of, um, when I say out front, um, you know, I feel like the rhythm guitar is, to me, that's what sort of drives a, a heavy metal song. Um, that's what I'm listening for, you know, like I think, uh, you know, the first thing I think of is Metallica. Um, growing up listening to Metallica, uh, to me it was always about the rhythm guitar in Metallica. That was that was what I was listening for. That was what uh, drove the songs for me. Like that, and that's nothing. Um, that's not taking away from from the other elements of the band. Um, of course, famously, there's hardly any bass guitar in Justice for All. Uh, and so there's an album where, you know, that's heavily led by rhythm guitar and, and what I believe pretty superb drumming performance, um, on, on, on that particular album. 
Um, but yeah, I always, you know, growing up was listening to the rhythm guitar more so than any of the other parts, um, in a song that was, that was, you know, that the heaviness was, you know, from that, that guitar crunch, you know, so I tend to like that. So Dan and I will often have, you know, good, good natured back and forth about where's the right spot for these parts in the mix. Um, and hopefully, you know, nine times out of 10, we come to a good, a good, um, good compromise on that. So it's, um, no, just part of the process of making an album, you know, you know, you get a mix and you'll listen back to it and you'll think, oh, you know, could, uh, could be a bit, bit better than that. And, you hear something and you think, oh, and I'll, I'll send Dan an email or a text and I'll say, oh, you know, you're going to hate me for this, Dan, but wouldn't mind remixing such and such track, you know, could you, could you, you know, do you mind turning up this guitar a bit or do you mind cutting a bit back on the lead in, in that section or whatever it might be. You know, I remember one song, one of the mixes, I was listening to it in my car driving to work one day and for some reason the the drums just I'd never noticed it like the song had gone through lots of different um different mixes and levels and just for some reason one day I was driving to work and all I could hear was drums like it doesn't mean all it was was drums but I just got fixated on this oh no drums are too loud in that mix and probably nobody I would probably sound no different to what it finally did but for whatever reason that day it did so you know no doubt I would have messaged Dan and said, oh, do you mind doing another mix of this track? I just feel like the drums are too loud on it. And then then you get the mix back, and this didn't happen with this song, but you then run the risk of getting it back and thinking, oh, no, we turned it down too much. Like, did we need to turn the drums down? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> not in this example, but you might be listening back and think, oh, no, now the drums are too quiet. It's, it's, really, it's really hard when you're dealing with your own music um, to find that balance, um, it's, it's really hard, because, like, every time you change one thing, you, you think that, oh, no, we need to change this now, and that now, and eventually, you've just got to, you've got to get to a point where you say, well, yeah, any, any, any minor tweaks we make now aren't going to make much difference, you know, um, once you get the major stuff out of the way, so anyway, Moving on to the the next thing that we do. Now, we've sort of established that, you know, we've always got the next sort of thing coming. Um, we're going to try something a little bit different with the next album. Um, so what generally happens is you'll demo a bunch of songs and then, you know, you get the various people out to record their parts. So you'll do a whole bunch of recording in one hit so you might record all the drums in one one or two sessions then you get all the the bass generally i would have tracked a lot of um tracked a lot of my guitars um after the demos are done so i'll I'll have the demos and then i'll you know track track my own guitars on them um and luke will track his guitars um the last album that came a bit later, but uh, 
you, I, I suppose historically what you'll end up with is, you know, your, your eight to ten tracks all all being worked on at once, all in various stages of completion. So, you know, it might be that you've got drums on all ten of them, but, you know, Matt's only been able to get bass done on six of them. I mean, these aren't specific examples, but it's the kind of thing happening. So you might have three tracks that have got all the parts on them, but another few that are still waiting on, on some bass, and then there might be a couple that still need some lead breaks, and there might be a bit where, you know... Matt's going to do the vocal on a chorus or, you know, we need to do a gang vocal or, or whatever. So you end up with all these songs in, in various states of completion and it actually becomes quite a challenge to to know what to work on because um, I think anybody would know, not just with music, but when you've got a lot of sort of, I suppose, plates spinning, you know, you can sit there and go, okay, right, we need to we need to do a spring clean, right, okay. Okay, well, the, the, the front yard's overgrown, the backyard's overgrown, every room in the house is messy, the shed's a mess. I don't know if anyone else is like this, but this is my place. And so you just don't, you don't, it's hard to actually know where to start because, you know, you mow the front lawn, it means that you're not getting the back lawn mowed. You, you, you know, you clean out the shed, it means that, you know, the the house isn't being tidied or whatever. So you get in this sort of um, situation where you, um, you know, you'll get out to the studio and like Dan and I'll kind of look at each other and we'll be like, okay, well, what should we work on? You know, because you've got all these songs in in various states of, you know, completion and it can, you know, can sometimes be hard to, to get your workflow and then you end up with all these songs um, and... You know, you'll be listening back to the mix downs of them and all that. And it can be a very unsatisfying process because what will happen is every song will be missing something. So you can just get overwhelmed with like, oh, that song still needs bass or oh, that song still needs vocals or oh, that vocal takes no good. Going to have to redo those vocals. Um, oh, you know, oh, that section there could use a lead break. We're originally going to put a lead break there. Okay, so I'm going to have to maybe get Luke to chuck something else on there. Or, what it, oh, you know, could use gang vocals there instead of just, like, me singing. I need, need to get the guys to to record them all singing that particular part. Um, so it can be a very, uh, you know, you can you can feel overwhelmed because it can feel like there's so much to do and, you know, everyone's busy with their life so it's not just a simple thing of like you know texting somebody and saying okay be here at seven o'clock on such and such and we'll record your your vocal part or your bass part or whatever it might be you know it, it could take three or four weeks to line that up just depending on what people are doing and and when people are available and um so you know, I suppose one given this is this is how our band works, and it kind of always has worked this way. And you know, we've been able to put out lots of albums over the years, but it's not like we just go in for a day or two and everything gets done. You know, it's always quite a drawn out process over the course of a you know a year or two. And um, so anyway, what we're trying a little bit different this time is we're going to record one song at a time. So 
I have, um, you know, between between us, we've got you know about eight eight demos, pretty much uh, ready to go. Like they're very rough demos, but you know the song structures are, are there. And and again, I, I want to stress that this is normal. Like every time demoing something that always goes on in the background, um, you know, if I get if I get a spare hour or so. I might just cut a demo uh, of, of, of a song I'm working on, you know, so, it, and, and of course, demos don't need everything on them, you know, like, often a demo might be like a, a rhythm guitar and a vocal and a drum machine, uh, you know, like a programmed drum track, um, so they won't necessarily have lead breaks and things like that, they'll just, um, they'll just be the basic rhythm guitar and vocal so anyway, as it stands, I've got always I've always got a number of those on the go because um, you know always sort of writing and when I say always I'll go I'll tend to go through periods of creativity so I might I might have a burst of a week or two you know at any given time where where I get four or five songs demoed and then down the track it'll be like okay well. I like that one, that one, that one. That that will be the basis of of an album, and I'll, I'll sort of always be grouping demos together that I've got, um, and saying, okay, well, that batch of eight songs, you know, I like. We'll put those together, and 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 that will be the next album that we work on. And so that's sort of how it happens. Um, so anyway, there's always I've always got. Uh, more demos than than songs I need for the next project, generally speaking. So what we're going to do this time for something a bit different is we're going to work on them one song at a time. So I've worked out what the next eight I want to do are, but that could change. There could be other ones get written in the meantime or whatever. Uh, but, you know, I've got, I've got a number of them there. And, um, yeah, we're going to do them one at a time, basically. So we'll get all the parts for everything and get the song mixed and mastered, more or less. It's it's a bit of a different approach. And, and the hope is that by being sort of like ultra-focused on a particular track, it, it um, makes the path more clear. And then we're not ending up with this enormous task of, you know, trying to mix 40 minutes or, you know, 35, 40 minutes of music um, all in one hit at the end of the project, once everything's all recorded, you know. Uh, so the idea is just, just to try that, uh, just to just to do it like a song at a time. And obviously we'll need to, you know, each successive song that we mix, we'll have to make sure that it sort of matches up and lines up with the previous one. But... Um, just a different approach so it'll still probably take a similar amount of time to get through the songs but it's it's just a bit of a different approach to recording on this one and we'll we'll see how it goes it might be that you know we don't like the process and on the next next album we go back to how we've always done it but um and like i guess within each song it won't be any different to how we normally do it it'll just be like we'll be hyper focused on it and I suppose in the past, you know, like sometimes there's been examples of an album will be recorded and then, you know, we'll have a song that was, uh, 
not recorded with the original batch, um, but will get recorded at the end. So we've sort of done this before anyway, where we've had a had a song done right at the end when the rest of the album is ready. Um, there's yeah, there's songs on certain albums that that did get done late in the piece, um, and you know, hopefully it's not obvious at all when you listen to the albums which songs they are because, you know, you try to make everything seamless anyway. So that's what we're doing. So the the first song that we're working on is one called Back to the Start uh, that, that I've written. So we'll be working on that uh, over the next period of time. I'm not sure if it will take weeks or, or months. Hopefully not months. Hopefully it'll be relatively expedient so yeah we're going to get that song you know tracked and recorded and you know some of it already has been recorded so that's good and um and then when we've done that one we'll work on the next one i'll I'll grab the next demo and you know get the guys and i'll say okay this this and this (laughs) and um get that recorded as well so we're gonna gonna do it sequentially um and I guess what what will be good about that is with with video updates and podcasts, I'll be able to tell you how things are going and you know what song we're working on and um, you know keep keep you guys informed of where things are at and where the progress is and um, you know it's just something that's to keep working on you know like if we want to have an album you know every you know couple of years or I mean we used to put them out every year we put out Destined for Ascension. Uh, this day forth and fight to death. We put them out in um, three consecutive years: oh eight, oh nine, and two thousand and ten. You know, we're doing a lot of recording at that time, and then in more recent times, I think. Um, let me think. So, read what you say. It was two thousand twelve. So it was two years, and then um, then we had three years before um, fight goes on. Then we had two years between Fire Goes On and it has begun. Fire Goes On took a long time. Um, I suppose similar to Footsteps of God. And then Footsteps of God was three years after. So I suppose, yeah, it's been two to three years between albums in recent times. I'd probably like to you know, have a maximum of two, to be honest. I feel like three is a bit too long, um, but sometimes it can't be helped. So, you know, I suppose hypothetically... Uh, and th- th- everything could change, you know. This is just me, you know, sharing my basic thoughts with the hardcore of the hardcore. That's you guys, but I mean, I would hope that our next album is no later than 2022. Um, yeah, ideally, I think a one to two year gap is 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 ideal. I think um, oh, that's that's how the sort of time frame I'd like to operate in. I wouldn't like to be spending any more than a year or two on an album. And I do love recording. Like, I love the process of building an album, even though I've sort of said earlier in this podcast that, um, you know, it can be quite tricky, Um, you know, and quite, uh, you know, you can get a bit confused and, you know, lose a bit of direction sometimes. Uh, That doesn't mean I don't love it. Um, You know, I suppose that the the testament to that is that, um, you know, we have put out, you know, quite a number of albums over the years so you don't you don't you know put out that many albums if if you don't love it so um yeah i'll, I'll predict 
no later than 2022 for the for the next album um so really quite keen to get that underway and and i'm looking forward to working you know this different different way of working one song at a time and um just just being hyper focused on each track um rather than you know being sort of uh sometimes you know swimming in a in a sea of like eight to ten songs or or different stages of completion um so we'll see how that goes it'll be interesting um well thanks for listening i am going to wrap it up there been going for about half an hour now i hope you found that interesting uh that sort of insight um really do appreciate your listening so so if if you're hearing you know it sounds a bit corny but if you're hearing this like sincerely thank you because i would consider anybody listening to a grave forsaken podcast to be you know amongst our greatest supporters there's you would not be listening to this if if you weren't so whoever you are wherever you are um i sincerely mean it thank you thank you for listening um this band is is everything to me so uh, and I, you know i hope that that would be obvious to people so you know the fact that you're taking an interest in it like i can i sincerely i sincerely mean it you know thank you so much and um you know just thanks for you just um yeah it just brings me so much um i'm sort of sort of stumbling over my words a bit but yeah i think you know what i mean thank thanks thanks for your support um it's not just sort of cliched words it's it's heartfelt because like i say this band means so much to me um yeah i just i hope you can understand uh what it means to me that uh you're you're interested enough to download and listen to our podcast and i i sincerely hope that it's it's enjoyable for you and that you um you get something out of it and you're enjoying the the insight i'm certainly have been enjoying sharing those insights into the band um not something i've done a lot of before uh until this year so you know i really hope that that's um interesting to you so on that note i will sign out so until the next podcast god bless and rock on thank you for listening to the official grave forsaken podcast for more news and updates Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our mailing list over at www.graveforsaken.com. God bless and rock on.